0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From the Apostrophe Podcast Network. Aggressor
1: Adventures. For over 35 years, we've designed adventure vacations around the world helping travelers experience the majesty of the oceans and the call of the wild on our dive trips, river cruises, and safaris. From the Galapagos Islands and the South Pacific to the land of the pharaohs on the Nile River with personalized service in every vacation destination.
0: Aggressor. Adventures of a Lifetime. Your surviving life with Les Stroud. I'm working on jealousy. I'm not into hate. I'm working on anger. Cause I'm not into rage. So, if you're paying attention, you may have noticed my personal trend of placing myself in the company of people I respect or admire, often artists, to try to get them to open up about what keeps them going. What's their motivation for continuing to create all through their lives? One might say, in spite of everything going on around them and us these days, it's a pretty thinly veiled attempt on my part to instill that same sense of artistic enthusiasm in my own creative life. I'll just bet that you have people you know, as I do, that you consider to be incredibly talented, and yet they just don't seem to get their due, at least as far as you think they should have anyway. They should be acting in big roles. They should be running some big company. They should be touring the world musically, or their books should be published by big publishing companies. I have several friends like this, and it drives me crazy because they're far more talented than I will ever be, and yet they continue through life just under the radar of the world at large. My friend Pearson Ross is one of those artists. I describe him, though he might not like this, as the Canadian Ray LaMontagne, but better. Or how about a Canadian Van Morrison? As a songwriter, his sense of melody and vibe and lyric never fail to captivate me, and I always find myself wishing I'd written some song that he's just recorded. So sit back, take in a deep breath, because for this podcast, I hope you're in a mellow mood. In fact, maybe wait and listen in the evening with a glass of vino or beverage of your choice, maybe a big pot of herbal tea. You're about to sit and listen to two artists upstairs in my studio as we chat about the responsibility of being an artist and how Pearson reinvigorated his own artistic muse by touring Canada and performing, wait for it, while traveling by canoe. As an artist and former canoe instructor myself, I can assure you I had a serious level of envy over his Touring by Canoe project and then we pick up the guitars and play a little mini concert for you these are the words of pearson ross i mean my motive to write was my fear of forgetting
1: and if i didn't document then uh, i would lose i would lose that that moment
2: in my life Soft and mellow Through the night, your pale light skin. I
1: think how I got into performance was that if I couldn't go back there in my, my memory, then I wouldn't perform it. There, I'm, I'm not being fair to my listener. If I'm not experiencing that emotion all over again in my mind, then I, I shouldn't sing that song again. You
2: are.
0: For me, for me, some of the purpose of art, of my art, is always conveying a sense of purpose, a message, a point. Granted, sometimes we do the love song thing, you know, the love lost, that sort of thing. And that's more cathartic, soothing. But sometimes I I enjoy the concept that there's a point to a song. I've always been very big on lyrics. You 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 ever had that conversation over a beer with, you've been around so many musicians in your life. Whereas like lyrics don't matter. You ever had that? You ever run into that person who says lyrics don't matter at all? Sure. Yeah. And I've always it's it's funny because a lot of times uh, I remember one guy in particular who's who's had this perspective and he said said look at look at uh, yesterday by Paul McCartney that ly- that lyric was scrambled eggs for the longest time shows you ly-. I'm like well you just made my point <laughs> because if lyrics didn't matter he would have stayed with scrambled eggs but he found he switched it to yesterday because that word. Mattered so much, and it took him eight months to find that word, to find the 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 you know the 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 right amount of syllables that match with scrambled eggs. So, so to me, lyrics matter greatly. What do the what do lyrics mean to you? Like we've got this protest song that you're working on. What what what's it mean to you to to write lyrics?
1: Well, again, I think I I think that if there's not an emotional component, some kind of feeling, they if, if they kind of fall. Flat, you know, I mean, I like the idea, I mean, I like in the Beatles sense that, you know, there's these beautiful melodies and, and there's your opportunity to to make a maybe a, a bolder point. I don't know when when I hear um, I mean, I was a big, you know, when I was 14 years old. I loved the punk movement, acts like the Dead Kennedys and, and uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, incredible li- lyrical pieces Um but much like you were saying about uh, in the production in the 80s, the message was lost just due to the cacophonous musicality surrounding it. So I don't know. I, I feel like, um, again, it's a feeling. Um, and uh, some days it comes out smoothly, and most days it doesn't.
0: What, what, what did, if you were sitting with a 17-year-old who wants to be a singer-songwriter what would you say to him what would, be, what would be your your unsolicited advice to this kid
1: um keep going and yeah, keep uh keep at it and uh well a 14 a year old kid uh, uh, one we both know actually an example is uh this girl who who's oblivious to her brilliance and lyricism um was upset one day and 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 her first line was I'm just, or I'm just like you, crazy and lonely too. I mean, fourteen-year-old yeah. coming up with uh, who's what? what fourteen-year-old thinks they're crazy and lonely. I mean, it's only in this information era maybe that these kids have such incredible um, breadth of expression. But anyway, I was blown away by that for a fourteen-year-old to write. Uh, to. you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking like, how did. This 14-year-old come up with uh, such a beautiful sentiment with a great melody uh, at the same time, um, which took, seemed to take me years of uh, practice and, um, and just doing it over and over again. But yeah, go, keep going. Mm-hmm. Go, go with it. If it's someone that's sort of um, maybe a bit... Um, isn't really having a conversation with someone else in their lyrics... Sort of an isolated. There's so many isolated sentiments where they're they just seem so self-involved that they, they can't see outside of their bubble. I don't know. I I don't really have any advice. Mm-hmm. I've, I,
0: don't I find. <laughs> I don't I've, I've, well, I find I find ideas. that. Huh. You know, I can challenge you and say you should. You should because you're a mature artist. Who's been through and a lot and seen a lot, and you know. Um, Thank you. I, I, I go down this road. I, 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 well, I go down. I go down this road with the challenge for you because you know I was mentorless all of my growing everything. I've i what else? I've essentially never had a mentor, and I miss that, and I wish that that I had. And so certainly I would challenge you and say you know you, you've got you've got something to say. You're a mature artist. You've got maturity to your writing and a depth and a breadth to your to your writing and your skills that there's something to share there. And even if it's in a 15-minute conversation. One of the things that I used to talk about with uh, film school students, I would say, you know, one of the things you could do, and it works for music too, yeah. Is ask yourself, which kind of filmmaker are you? Do you want to be involved in the television industry? And you just want to just want to be involved and in, in work in that. Um, okay. Then my advice is do everything work on every show take every position just keep going do it all or do you want to be a filmmaker that's an artist who has something to say well first of all it's going to be tough but then yes stick to your guns stick with it be an artist and understand that you're always going to be against the grain you're always going to be up against naysayers People will always laugh at your stuff, but you've got to find that belief in yourself. And I find that there is that, there's a distinction. There's those of us who get into music and rock and roll uh, for the pussy and the booze and the money, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you listen to Bruce Springsteen, you say that's all we were ever really into it in the beginning was it was for the women, you know? But but I think my love is for people like yourself that are really doing art for art's sake. I know this whole conversation has been about taking art to the next level, Having a purpose, but art for art's sake is an amazing thing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because uh, when we were younger, we, you know, a, a grandparent figure in my sister and I's life said, "If you don't write it down, you'll forget your life." And hearing that as a as a young eight year old um, made me a, a write out of fear. I mean, my motive to write was my fear of forgetting, and if I didn't document. Then uh, I would lose. I would lose that that moment in my life, and I, I feel like it's. It, it didn't start from a very positive place for me. It was, you know, horrifying to think that this moment will be gone and I won't be able to capture it again. So, uh, for me, I mean, in, in the in the most simple sense, uh, it started with writing and documenting moments. Like, like every song, it's like an audio journal for, for to start with anyway. And then it was horrifying in the beginning because you were so vulnerable. Um, and there were times that you would get burned because you were an open book on so many levels. And that certainly isn't something I would recommend to any young writer. And I think if if you possess that same... A similar intensity regardless of whether your motive was fear-based or you're awe inspired all the time which I'm I'm not but um, it, I think you should you should keep going but if if you're banging your head against the wall constantly and um, writing it doesn't really come from the heart then like you were saying maybe you should outsource certain aspects of your
0: musical world mm-hmm. um, but for me, uh, it's, it's writing first. Um, well, I love this concept you've just presented of, of it being like an audio journal of your life. I mean, it's, that's pretty... That's fascinating. I haven't really heard it put that way before. Does that mean that you can look back on earlier material and, and go back there?
1: Well, that's, I think, how I got into performance, was that if I couldn't go back there in my, my memory, then I wouldn't perform it. There, I'm, I'm not being fair to my listener. If I'm not experiencing that emotion all over again in my mind, then I, I shouldn't sing that song again.
0: Ooh, how do you... Then how do you handle, say, doing a favorite song of people who come to... to, You know, Butterflies is a favorite song of mine. I mean, I'll bet you played that song a lot. Do you you go there every time you play it live? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You picture the love in your mind? You picture I know that exact day. There's matter.
1: three songs about that day, that, yeah. uh, that day and evening. And... um that was one of the most wonderful how moments do you get,
0: of my life. How do you get through a show?
1: <laughs> I shut my eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've seen you play. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love I love revisiting uh, those memories. I mean, they're ton- and some of these people. It's all people, really. I mean, I want to go back. I I think I enjoy cherishing the moments that we've had uh, together. And when you travel, when you're a new kid on the block, moving from town to town, as I did when I grew up. You rarely establish um, good friendships, but a lot of my, I only have four friends, but they're my oldest friends and people who have known me throughout this entire journey. So um, to not pay tribute to them in song is, I just miss them.
0: Do you ever, uh, some artists will say that they, um, their lyrical content, the content of their song will change meaning as they get older and they'll reflect upon it and sing it differently. Does that happen then? Or do you, or do you, is it a constant honoring of where the original song came from?
2: Well,
1: I think it's your job as a performer to honor the moment. And, and that's not difficult for me to do. But there's times when high school songs, for instance, uh, at the time I believed uh, were true love sentiments. And uh, in some instances, I, I see infatuation, or obsession, or uh, you know some some other states that I may have been in in my adolescence. So, um, yes, and no, yeah. But um, mostly yes for performance. And I don't know if I'm I've ever really been designed to perform ex- as extensively as I do write and do studio work. That comes more naturally um because i am not an algorithm you're not an algorithm. you know we're evolving okay. and we want to write about the the next mo- the moments to come or in some ways maybe even foresee uh, suggest a moment uh, in this sort of um you know with all these sort of political piñatas around these days you want you you want to be you want to have a powerful suggestion in your in your writing mm-hmm. so that you can hopefully inspire others to join your, your, uh, your movement, no matter how small it is. Let's do another tune.
0: Sure. Um, and it's funny you say that about you know, the stage and that. Um, yeah, I guess we all have our 10,000 hours too. And so for me, you know, performance has always been a big part of my art. I really live for the stage more than i live for doing a song 47 times in the basement studio and going over you know a part i live for the stage yeah. i i almost you know sometimes and the, the process story, i
1: would argue too and the
0: story having a yeah, storyline that i have your stories are phenomenal that's what i live yeah. for so sometimes getting the material recorded writing it, it i love that too but it's like can i get that done so i can just get on stage again you know it's just always uh, so i'm a different style to you that way, which just shows because your content, your creation is so well thought out and so meticulous, I think. And I don't, and I would never accuse you of being a control freak of it. I I would sort of in a way accuse you of being a control freak. I don't think that's it. I think you're just ridiculously meticulous and particular about your music. And uh, whereas myself, I might gloss over a little bit quicker what you would, but for me, give me that stage and and when i when i take the stage i own it you know just that's that's my place yeah. you know
1: yeah that's still something i'm warming up to i mean i've been doing it for almost a decade and mm-hmm. i i think uh it gets better the more you do something yeah absolutely but, so, yeah okay, but, let's play tune yeah sure so what do you got this time i've got so i it's sort of taking me back to our conversation about how you know you were saying there should be a message um Without some of these loss and love kind of things, uh, this is a piece that sort of incorporated a moment in time, a memory, uh, a beautiful memory of skinny dipping in the north, and then and then uh, you know you were saying a fa- a fan or someone said you know I thought that that song meant this to to me and then there so there at the Patagonia events that we play there was this lady who said you know that really is a tribute to. Um, all, all the people in the environmental movement, you know. I, I mean, I, I can see how they're your north stars, and mm-hmm. I think I said something like, "Thanks to all the, my north stars," which to me means my family and uh, our support network, who really make a lot of what we do possible. And uh, I love that she interpreted it as, and, and she encouraged me to work more in that environment with the environment with the green folks. Huh? So, yeah,
0: here, it's what a wonderful thing that. You can have an intention in your lyric, but you can't control what the listener's getting out of it. You just, you know, they're getting their thing out of it. And it's, yeah, I, I love that part of songwriting. You know, I imagine an author might feel the same way when he writes a book, you know, that it's written a story this way with all of the subtext and all these meanings that he slipped in. And then someone else comes along, along and says, You know what your book meant to me? It meant X. And he's like, Really? That has nothing to do with what I wrote, but it's it's wonderful when you get that kind of feedback.
1: The bridge is a tribute to family. A, this is in D, the key of D. Yeah, yeah, and. it's um, not A
0: flat? That's the first one that we went over at the oh, Ah, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. a second, or just got to swap batteries.
1: I feel like I can swim way out just because you're looking out for me, and the further that I go from shore. I, I, the further that I go from shore, I really couldn't ask for more to be. I'm free. And to me, it's that love uh, from the lifeguard, in your, the lifeguards in your life that are, that are looking out. I mean, I don't think I'd have the courage to go as deep into song if it wasn't for a few stones and rocks and of lifeguard type character, nor stars that are looking out for you. So that was sort of where it was born. Mm -hmm. And I love
0: how it's evolved into this other worldly, you know, green space. I I loved um, that quote I I heard when uh, David Bowie passed away and he said, you know what, as an artist, what he likes to do is you go out into the water, you go out, you go out and you go out and then just, just, As you get to the deep spot and your toes, just as they're about to lift off the bottom, he goes, "That's where I like to live, right there." That's a that's a pretty cool way to put it, yeah.
1: All right, North Star, here we go.
2: Soft and mellow. Whisper of- Swim way out just because you're looking out for me. And the further that I go from shore, I really couldn't ask for more.
0: That's the whale song.
1: (laughs) That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah.
0: You know what? Aggressor Adventures, while being the largest live aboard dive operation in the world, is so much more. They have safaris and excursions to the corners of the globe, exciting opportunities to see vast archaeology, history, and natural wonders. I've been traveling and diving with them for years and I cannot endorse them enough for being simply the best there is at making sure your worldwide adventure is a safe, comfortable, and exciting one. Take it from a guy who has done a lot of adventuring. Who do I travel with on my vacations? Aggressor Adventures. You're surviving life with Les Stroud. Pick one up here Keep a little bit of performance going here. Yeah. See if I can. <laughs> you can do Northern Wilds.
1: Mind if I play I your, uh, two, your your Gibson?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. First guitar I ever. Had. Oh,
1: is it? No. a little bit more historical. Oh, you don't want to play it. No. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to play it. Okay.
0: That old Dagus is my original. That's my very first acoustic guitar.
1: Oh, really? Well, I awesome. wish
0: I, I wish I'd kept the Hagstrom electric too. Oh, the Hagstrom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've never that uh, guitar. That Dagus has been in campfires and left out on the outside of the cottage overnight a million times. You wow. Know. It's a campfire guitar, so yeah, it's beat up, but uh. I'm glad I still have it. Beauty. So this, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I was trying to think of what other, one other song for me to, to do, and this yeah. is, uh, oh, I'm going to reach back into my archive because, um, uh, your, th- I'd be lying, if I didn't say to you that I was never, have never been envious of your canoe trip tour. And the minute you oh. told me about <laughs> it, I, and I remember thinking, damn, that's a good idea. I love the concept. I love the idea. Well, thank Frank Wolf for that. Yeah, well, it's a great one. And so, so I'll do this song in honor of your tour. Um, this song uh, was uh, written from the perspective of a, a, a pair of lovers, but whereas one, one of them, the man, is so impassioned with the North. And it's always weird. Do you ever have that, like, that weird feeling about when you actually like one of your own lines? No, no, I wish I had that more often, actually. Oh, well, yeah, I get that one, so I think, oh, I yeah. like that line, you know. Sure, yeah. um, Like, you the know, sure, sure, yeah. glaciers that melt into tears. And this one, oh. it was just really the concept that he said, I can take you with me, but I can't take you home. And and so it was, you know, just imagine this woodsman sort of, you know, saying to the woman, so. And then off into the northern wilds they go. And that's what this song was just. Nice. It's just about a pair of lovers traveling the northern wilds. And, and the thing is that I was enabled, like with your canoeing, well, this I wrote after um, I'd spent a year in the bush, so I was enabled by the imagery that I'd experienced. And sometimes when we write about very Canadiana things or canoeing or stuff like that, you have to have done that to know what the heck the guy's talking about. A crossbow draw, if, you know, if a crossbow draw was ever in the, the, a, a song, only those people who paddle canoes know what, exactly what a crossbow draw is. And in this one, you know, in the second verse where, you know, I talk about they rode upon wood and rawhide along the frozen highways, the creeks and forest trails. Anybody who's ever snowshoed knows, it. oh, wood and rawhide, snowshoes.
1: Well, I, I'm, I have to say, I'm a, a huge fan of your beginnings prior to your survival show. Uh, of your your life, you were living in the woods quite literally for. for there was that. There definitely was time. that, yeah. I thought, I mean, that was so inspirational, and I was in New York at the time, and I it made me question my urban existence, hmm. um, and helped help me discover, again, that getting out of the town was a prereq to mental health. Yeah. So, uh, th- kudos to you on your, uh, oh, thanks. your journeys, because those stories and those world travels of yours are uh, hugely inspirational. Ooh, thank
0: you. Incredible journeys. I'm... I've been yeah, very lucky, so. very blessed by them. That there's no yeah. question about it. And I've learned throughout my my years, sort of thing, to to be ridiculously grateful. You know, um, my my offering of gratitude is is every single day, and it's and and uh, often one of the main forms of points of my gratitude is all of the beautiful things I've been able to see. Because it's just it, sometimes that I still think it's ridiculous. But then it always means that I see them again and again and again because I'm grateful. You know, you step outside and it's right out that it's right outside this door, you know. Insanely True. beautiful. Let's do this. He said, I can take you with me. But I can't take you home She'd never known such total passion The way he touched her fingers The way he let them go On the two would travel Into the northern wilds Past waterfalls and Tumbling rapids across the lakes in stillness Beneath the eagles' cry, they wander Nothing of this world could stop them Could ever take away These dreams of yesterday Love beneath the starlight Wrapped in northern lights The caribou could hear them whisper The wolf would keep them company Calling in the night And even in the winter When most folks stay indoors They rode upon wood and rawhide Along the frozen highways The creeks and forest trails they wandered Nothing of this world could stop them Could ever take away These dreams of yesterday was made for living and dreams were made to fly These two were meant for something better So they turned their backs on easy and into the northern wilds they wandered These two were meant for something better so they turn their backs on easy And into the northern wilds they wandered. Nothing of this world could stop them Could ever take away These dreams of yesterday Love the imagery of imagery of folk music and, and and when you you know those sort of. It's a romantic sort of couple there. That's a romantic couple yeah. as it should be. Yeah. The why romance. don't you uh, why
1: don't you take us out? What else? What what have oh, you got sure. for us? Uh, uh, this I, I I wanted to make sure that I brought some hope from my arsenal. <laughs>
0: ah, we're all going to hell in a handbag.
1: And this song. Was it is inspired by an old song. As a kid I was listening a lot to uh, my sister and I joke about them being portly black lesbians because one, you're you're black, which was t- tough in the old days, two you're a woman, which is tough, and three, your sexual orientation isn't of the majority. So you've got three things working against you. And you're portly. Yeah. There you go. Four. Four, yeah. And um, you can hear it in, her, in, their, in their voice. And mostly it's women who've overcome crazy adversity. Um, and you just hear the pain. And I think as a young kid, hearing that voice made me, and my sister too, um, at that time, not anymore for her, but uh, I wanted to sound like a big, black, sad woman. Because I I felt everything they were doing. Mm. And so I, that, was the, that was a craft of a hobby, never thinking that it would evolve into uh, you know real work. Mm. But um, I'll never forget those records. And one of them was Jesse Mayles Smith's Sunshine in the Shadows. And it was this Preaching the Holy Gospel record. Um, and so I sort of took that idea and turned it into a humanitarian plea instead of a religious one. Took out Jesus and threw in Mother Teresa. Who is my Albanian uh, hero from afar? I didn't didn't know much about her life other than the House of the Dying, and so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is called Daylight in the Shade. What's the key? In? Mm-hmm. key in? G.
2: Wrapped in sorrow as your sunshine come and gone. May your daydreams of tomorrow keep you sheltered from storm Then somewhere we must have been in a tunnel we can't see I feel the light come shining in now it's shining down on me. Delight in the darkness, still light in the shade, still light in our troubles, in our hearts of pain, delight in our worry, still light when we stray, still light, blessed, delight in the shade. And Judas We could hardly keep from crying Had a sort of old Teresa And a home life with the dying. Yeah. Oh, it pays to follow your heart When your lightness weighs a ton Till your sky is blown apart in the house of the rising sun Is this daylight in the darkness Is daylight in the shade still daylight in our trouble And in our hearts of pain Delight in our worry stay daylight when we stray Daylight blessed, daylight in the shade
0: Pearson's level of eclectic endeavors definitely rivals my own ambitions when it comes to creating and releasing varying forms of inspiration. Lucky for me, he's not a film director. Yet. Currently, he's coming off of living in Paris, writing lyrics for an opera singer who wanted to do a folk album. Then it was on to his recording in what was formerly Super Tramps studio, getting ready to release a solo album and a full band psych-rock album and tour. Pearson will be an artist for his entire life. And I'm always excited to hear of what he has coming out next. Make sure you do your own Google search for Pearson Ross. If you like this podcast, be sure to check out my interview with Canadian legend Bruce Coburn, available wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is, as the saying used to go, brought to you by Aggressor Adventures. Choose your adventure. Surviving Life with Les Stroud is presented by the Apostrophe Podcast Network and is mixed by Keith Ullman. You're surviving life with me, Les Stroud. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Survivor Man Les Stroud, as I have hundreds of videos there and more going up every week. From Survivor Man Archive to Bigfoot to wild harvesting tips to urban disaster survival, it's all there and it's all free. My brand new series, Wild Harvest, featuring local foraging and turning those wild edibles into sumptuous dishes, is now on National Geographic Asia, PBS stations in the United States, and Cottage Life Television in Canada. The brand new special, Surviving Disasters with Les Stroud, is now on a PBS station near you in the United States, or on my YouTube channel. And my brand new children's book, Wild Outside, written for your kids. It's all about getting your kids into the out-of-doors and it's out now. Google it. I'm an easy find on Google for those and so much more that I produce during any given year, no matter what's happening on the world stage. We'll figure this life out together. Cue that Rippin' Harmonica solo, Keith.